When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Realistic Randy is one of the OG callers into Vikings Vet Line. And now, he's one of the biggest Vikings YouTube superstars on Earth. His Vikings pain is now your game. This is Realistic Randy Rand with Randy and Declan on Purple Daily and Score North. Happy Monday, happy victory Monday to you. Realistic Randy Rants every Monday on the Purple Daily YouTube channel. My guy, Realistic Randy, joins us every Monday to break down Minnesota Vikings. And Randy, we were just talking off mic that for the first time in three years, it feels good. It feels good to actually be able to talk about playoff preview. There was no sweating yesterday. There was no, how do they figure out the math of who has to win or lose for you to get in? They had locked up their playoff spot, obviously, about a month ago. But it was nice knowing going into the final game against the Bears. And we'll talk about some of the key takeaways later in the podcast. Uh, but it felt good to know that the Vikings are in the playoffs. There's no hoping and wishing and watching scoreboards here. For the first time in three years, the Vikings yeah. will be playing playoff football next weekend. Waiting to exhale, Declan Goff. I'm telling you, technically, you could have possibly gotten to two seed if the 49ers had lost to Arizona. We knew that wasn't going to happen. But they were going to finish no worse than the three seed, which they are right now. And it was nice, really. It's just... Can we see this team? What momentum can they put on versus the Chicago Bears to go into the playoffs? That was really it. But to be honest, I was good. 13 and four. Are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. What You couldn't ask for a better season than that, obviously, except for 17 and oh. But here's what I've got for you okay. as far as going up against the New York Giants. Three this. seed versus the six seed. Three keys. For the Minnesota Vikings. And honestly, however long the playoffs last for this team this is always going to be a key is the offensive line can you hold up your end of the bargain if if you can have Garrett Bradbury return that would be nice if not you're down to your third string center Brian O'Neill is out for the year you have to be able because listen that Giants defensive line going up against guys like Dexter Lawrence and Leonard Williams Aziz Ajalari off the edge you got to be on P's and Q's if you are going to give Kirk Cousins time to throw because if not it's With Chris Reed especially, work on your cadence. Understand when to snap the football because if you don't and you're getting into second and long, third and long situations, going up against that pass rush is going to make it even more difficult for you. Key number two, knowing that the interior offensive line is a problem. Better run design plays. So edge runs. Don't No more of this run it up the gut straight line. It's not going to work edge runs or if you do want to run it inside then damn it 
pull your tackles and or guards to create new windows that you know that your offensive line pushing up ahead, straight line, it's not going to work. Key number three, minimize the run against the Giants. So Saquon Barkley, week 16 against the Giants, averaged six yards per carry, 84 yards and a touchdown for him that day. Versus Green Bay last week, Aaron Jones versus the Vikings, eight yards per carry. Packers as a team against the Vikings, 163 yards on the ground and two touchdowns. You got to really be able to do damage control against the run, Saquon Barkley, and force Daniel Jones to beat you with his arm. So good offensive line play, better run design plays, and minimize the run. That's so hilarious because my three keys were literally keep Kirk upright, so yeah, with this new offensive line uh, that you're kind of patchworking here, and we'll see the status of Garrett Bradbury as, as we inch closer uh, to this Sunday's game against the Giants. Uh, number two for me was KOC calling the right plays at the right time. And I know that that sounds uh, kind of cliche, but there's been so many situations in short-to-go situations, predictable situations that the Vikings have just been stuffed or have received negative plays. Um, and it's crucial that you can't make those mistakes, obviously, when it comes playoff time. Yeah, and my literally my third key is stuffing the run. Prevent Saquon Barkley from uh, prevent Saquon Barkley from running up and down. I mean, we thought the game was basically iced against the Giants when they played a few weeks ago when they went up by a score and you thought, all right, is, is Danny Dimes really gonna march down the field here and, and, and tie this game up? Well he handed off to Saquon at what, like the thirty or forty yard line and he dude busts off a humongous run to tie the game before Greg Joseph obviously uh, is nails for the field goal. So, yeah, I, I kind of think that is the the easy three keys to go about in this playoff game. Now, the Vikings are favored. Um, the Giants are probably also probably looking at the Vikings saying, all right, perfect, we get a rematch here again. Uh, we don't have to go against San Francisco. We don't have to even go on the road to play Tampa Bay and Tom Brady. This is probably the team that they want to see the most too. But at the same time, I'm kind of looking at tail of the tape here. Head coaching matchups. Let's go Kevin O'Connell versus Brian Dayball here. So two rookie sure. head coaches. Two head coaches who got their teams and their offenses clicking. Uh, they got their team's playoff spots earlier than anticipated. Um, if, man, if you would have told me even at the beginning of the season, hey, the Vikings and Giants, they'll both be playoff teams, but they'll also wrap up their playoff seed before the last game of the regular season. I would have said, uh, I don't know if I want to parlay that bet, but I'll, I'll see. I guess I'll see what happens here. I think head coaching matchup, and I'm curious on your thoughts here, I think it's kind of a wash. Maybe KLC a little bit of advantage because we obviously watch more of Vikings football, but I'll probably just go with two rookie head coaches going up against one another. That's probably very similar tale of the tapes here. I don't know if there's one person that has more of an advantage than the other person. Uh, yes and no. The no being that I feel like Brian Dayball has gotten more out of this team than you would typically expect. With Daniel Jones at quarterback, He's not really good. They might move on after this season. But the one thing that I will say is, as far as any fear that I have as a Vikings fan going up against this team, is that the Giants, I feel like they're going to play like the Lions did last night against the Packers. Mm. Yes, they technically have something to lose as far as getting eliminated from the playoffs, but they understand that they're the underdogs in this situation. Everyone's expecting the Vikings to win that game. I think the Giants, they're going to be playing with house money, and they're going to bring the most dangerous opponent that you can face, not only just in games, but also in life, is someone that has nothing to lose. Yeah. And I think because of that, they may bring some energy to the table that if you're not ready for it, can you imagine if the Vikings played that Lions team last night? Dan yeah. Campbell, he had <laughs> them dudes ready. Yeah. So Brian Dayball, I think he's a really good head coach. I was actually – he was in my – 
top candidate list for the Vikings to hire, yeah. along with Kevin O'Connell. That's the one thing I'm going to look out for because Kevin O'Connell, I mean, my goodness, 13 and four, you're the three seed, you're at U.S. Bank Stadium. Everything is riding on your shoulders. You should be able to win this game. The Giants, I, I don't know, man. I think that's the edge that they're going to bring as far as no one expects us to win. So let's go out and win it. So let's let's also kind of still look at the tail of the tape here, Vikings versus Giants, and also look at an advantage for the Vikings. And I will say this, because you're right that Brian Dable probably maximized something out of this Giants offense as a whole that was maybe even greater than expected with Kevin O'Connell. Like Kevin O'Connell was inheriting Kirk Cousins, Justin Jefferson, Dalvin Cook, right? Like he was trying to get a good car and turn it into a great car. Like the, the car was pretty much already established here. The Vikings thought they already had a legitimate offense. They didn't go out and draft a wide receiver, which we talked about ex- exhausted, extensively uh, last week on the episode. I'm sure we'll talk about some KJ Osborne later in the episode too. But Brian Dayball took a team that w- looked like they're going to clearly move on from Danny Dimes, and that's still a possibility. And he turned it into the 15th best offense, turned a point scored. Like he turned it into a, let's call it, a slightly above average offense. But I will say, it is still clear the Vikings have a more offense have a superior advantage on the offensive weapon side than obviously the Giants do. Like their offense, the New York's at funnels through Saquon, funnels through Saquon Barkley. Now that dude's a beast, and he can run up and down against you. And if you don't stop the run, it's going to make life a hell of a lot harder uh, for you if you're a Vikings fan. But I think when you look at Jefferson, Hawkinson, Dalvin Cook, now KJ Osborne just turning it on for the last five or six games, I think offensive weapons wise, I think the Vikings do have a clear advantage over Brian Dayball and the Giants. Well, with good coaching, the Vikings should blow this team out the water. (laughs) However, if you remember, the Vikings, they beat the New York Giants back in, what, week 16, final score, 27-24. So that was a one-score game. It came down to the wire. It's all about can you stay in it because I'm telling you, man, these type of teams where – The whole media, everybody, even though everyone hates on Kirk Cousins and the Vikings, they're the ultimate fraud of a 13 and 14. Everyone is going to expect the Vikings to win this game. And I fully expect Brian Dayball to print out all the pages in the newspaper or save all the clips from the media and say, hey, listen, no one believes in us. I expected absolutely nothing from the Giants this season. Nobody did except Brian Dayball. And because of that, I'm telling you, man, you can have all the talent in the world. Clearly, the Vikings, talent-wise, they clear the New York Giants. As far as weapons, they've got Saquon Barkley at running back. They've got Isaiah Hodgins. I I would expect for him that matchup again, volume two, Isaiah Hodgins versus Patrick Peterson. He's going to look to get some revenge on him. He did score a touchdown on P2 in that first matchup. But outside of that, they don't really have anything. Can you maximize the talent that you have? Play calling is the ultimate factor if the Vikings are going to win this. If they are going to win it and play calling isn't great, then it's going to come down to the wire again. Coaching is key here. Randy, let's uh, stick on the offense here because I do want to get to the defensive side. What is your kind of opinion here on Irv Smith coming back? So he he had a a couple grabs yesterday. Um, Obviously, he missed some time with some injured reserve. There was huge promise for him after his rookie season. Um, do you think that his influence and maybe them deploying him on some snaps here, does that help the Vikings offense? Are you kind of just looking at Herb as just a guy at this point? Like we've kind of summarized him after the latest injury. What is your thoughts on Herb Smith uh, rejoining the Vikings offense for the playoff run? He had a drop yesterday against Chicago, and I was honestly surprised at all the hype behind Herb Smith Jr.'s return because I'm sitting here saying, do you guys not remember his issue with dropping the football before he got hurt? Yeah. At this point, honestly, I, it's 
This is a little bit apples to oranges here, but in terms of the question, the playoff run, putting Irv Smith Jr. out there on the field at this point is the equivalent of putting out Troy Williamson in his prime. I honestly don't believe he's going to offer anything of value for the team. Instead of two tight end set formations, you're better off stretching out your receiving core with K.J. Osborne. And honestly, I would rather put out Jalen Naylor. This dude is really putting out mm-hmm. plays with the opportunities that he's getting. But I would rather give those opportunities to the receivers as far down the depth chart as you have to go. And after T.J. Hawkinson, if you want to put another tight end out there, I mean, anybody but Irv Smith Jr., maybe even C.J. Ham. I, I said this yesterday on my YouTube channel. C.J. Ham, he's got some hands. Did you yeah. see that yesterday? Yeah, that yeah. There's a couple of big grabs from him yesterday that I loved. But with Irv, I, the hype train is over with. Yeah. It, it's 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 unfortunate, but you cannot put him out there on the field. The idea of the 12 formation, it's sexy. Oh my god, Rob Gronkowski yeah. and Aaron Hernandez all over again. That would be so nice, but we don't have that. Especially not with Irv Smith Jr. I would rather sit him on the bench and play the receivers. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at too, dude. Um I, I, I thought Irv was poised for a big breakout year. I love that they went out and got the trade for TJ Hawkinson. And once they realized they needed another weapon, TJ's had a great year with the Vikings. Um, I'm, I'm under the assumption Irv Smith's going to leave in a free agency. I don't really understand why he would probably come back here. Uh, and yeah, the personnel, look, if, if you want to deploy that, if you want that exotic look that the Chiefs have been able to do and, and, and the Bucks and the Patriots did with Gronk, that's one thing. Uh, but I don't think Irv Smith is the dude that's capable of doing that. And he's just, he is, in my opinion, just a guy. Is he better than Johnny Munt? Okay, yeah. He's better than Johnny Munt in terms of... I don't of, even know if he's better than Johnny Munt, to be honest. Yeah, I don't know if it really moves the neat, like, yeah, the, the, if you swap them, Johnny Munt for Herb Smith, is all, all, that is the final piece in my chessboard that I'm going to beat you. No, it's, it's not. Um, right. So I, I'm kind of with you. I don't think it, it's going to make um, much of a difference, difference there either. Uh, kind of looking at also what the Giants do well here. So Wink Martindale is obviously a, a veteran defensive coordinator, a guy who can get a, a lot of out of his defense. He loves to blitz. Now, these are two areas, uh, Randy, that I will say the Vikings probably should worry about here. So the Giants have been really good at two areas, key areas on, third, on, on, on their defensive side. Third down, they have the fifth best third down percentage on defense, so they've done a great job getting their team off, getting the opposing offense off the field. Also in the red zone, they're only allowing 49% of red zone trips that result in touchdowns. That's the fifth best. This is situationally good defense here, right? This is the type of defense, if you're a bend, don't break, can you be really good in these two categories, which the Giants are really good in these two categories. Um, now, before I get and ask you about Greg Joseph, uh, which I'm sure we have opinions on uh, going into this playoff matchup, uh, what is what is your thought on the Giants' defense and how they're potentially going to be able to limit and blitz the heck out of Kirk and also limit the damage in the red zone and on third down? Well, we saw that game in the regular season. The Giants, they blitzed the hell out of the Vikings so many times. In fact, you could almost expect it at least every other play. For the Vikings, you got to get the ball out quickly. As much as I would love to see Justin Jefferson and K.J. Osborne and T.J. Hawkinson with these long-developing route-running plays to go deep for the football, it's just not possible against this team. Quite honestly, against any team with this offensive line that we have, get the ball out quickly outside screens, intermediate routes, curl routes, digs, whatever it is that you have to do, quick slant routes. That's how you can negate the pressure because as quickly as the pressure comes, whoever is playing coverage in this giant secondary, they're not going to be ready for those quick passes. As long as you can be in tune with that, I think that's how you negate the pressure. As far as the red zone, 
you've got big bodies. You've got TJ Hawkinson. You've got Justin Jefferson. Even Johnny Munt, as clumsy as he is, we're talking about tight ends. I would trust Johnny Munt over Irv Smith Jr., but also something else to kind of counteract that blitz. I would really like to see CJ Ham out there damn near every single play as an extra, basically, <laughs> offensive lineman. This dude lays the wood. When I'm telling you the clash blocks that he does, it is one of those things where he will take a dude out, no problem. All hands on deck, not just the offensive line, but CJ Ham as well, but also get the ball out quickly and bam, you can move the chains. It's simple. Yeah, I like that. Um, you know, I, I think when you're kind of looking and stacking all these teams up here, so we just we just looked at the head coach, we looked at the quarterback, we looked at offensive personnel, we looked at defense. I mean, a lot you can, you can give the advantage of the Giants defense over the Vikings defense. That's that's probably clear. Um, you can give the advantage to the quarterback on the Vikings side from Kirk versus Danny Dimes, obviously. Head coach probably a wash between KOC and Brian Dayball, both a matchup pretty evenly. And then if you want to also just go on running back, Saquon Barkley is obviously. A, a more dynamic running back than Dalvin Cook when a push comes to shove. So these two teams match up pretty darn well. Still, though, yeah, I like the Vikings' chances to most likely win this game. Um, I think it's going to be probably close again. So that segue is perfect into my guy, Greg Joseph, Randy's, who missed another extra point against the Bears, but, Let's dr- talk about it. but drilled his field goals uh, when asked upon yesterday. So it's the fourth quarter, Randy. I'm going to give you a hypothetical. It's the fourth quarter. There's uh, 45 seconds left in the clock. The Vikings are down by two. Greg the leg trots out for a, let's call it a 42-yard field goal. Your trust meter, 1 to 10. 10 being he's nails, 1 being uh, he will push this Blair Walsh wide right. Where do you fall on this, uh, on, on the Greg Joseph trust meter I hate how much you're hedging this right now because <laughs> I wanted to go off on Greg Joseph so bad. But because of the way that you put that question, all right. Game on the line, you need a field goal. Positivity, Randy, here. I trust Greg Joseph to make those kicks. I really do. Game on the line. We haven't lost the game this year because of Greg Joseph at the end. In fact, when Greg Joseph, if the game is on the line, he will make that kick. Where I do not trust this dude, Declan Goff, (sighs) extra point attempts. Yeah. Six missed extra point attempts on the year. So. After that 61-yarder, the walk-off for the win, you were out here, you were banging your chest saying, hey, look, I told you, (laughs) I told all of you maggots that Greg (laughs) Joseph was the man and you could trust him. Six missed extra point attempts, your reaction. Yeah, the extra points is what, isn't that crazy that like I'm more worried about him missing the pooch than I am him hitting a, a what should be a pretty easy field goal for him to knock down? I mean, that's that's the weird thing. And they've moved back the extra points where this is not, you know, as norm. Uh, it's not a norm that you're going to make the extra points. It's still mostly a 90%, 85 to 90% chance you're going to make that extra point. But yeah, six misses. I mean, look, six plus four. He's missed uh, 10 extra points, I believe, since he joined the Vikings last year. So he's only made 88% of his extra points. So basically, eight out of 10, well, you can round it up to nine, I guess. Every 10th extra point he lines up, he's going to miss. Uh, so I, it's probably going to come down to a playoff kick. It might not happen against the Giants, so it could happen to, in long-term against in the Divisional or an NFC title game championship. And yes, to our point, our brilliant point, he has not cost you a game yet. Right. Now, I, I don't really care if he didn't cost you a regular season game, because if he costs you a playoff game, Blair Walsh style, then we're going to have some significant problems here. But, man, I just I hope... Uh, 
I'm trying to like manifest this here. I'm trying to manifest of I don't want it to come down to a kick because what the hell am I going to be able to feel? And also the backlash that my career is going to face if he misses that <laughs> kick. Selfishly. But also I, I'm trusting the guy here. I'm not going to back down. I'm not going to give up on him because he's the Vikings kicker here. And, and this is this is the, you know, basically the, the, the home they have built. So I'm hoping he doesn't cost him the game, but he's going to have to make a big time kick. It's inevitable in the playoffs. I mean, Kai Forbath knocked down a big-time kick against the Saints in the Minneapolis Miracle game. Um, so he's going to have to be relied upon to make a big-time kick. I'm hoping he's nails, man. I'm hoping, I'm hoping he's nails. I'm glad you brought this name up, Kai Forbath, because I was about to go there. I'm going to show Greg Joseph some love here because as of lately, the extra points, whatever. I, I can't believe that's even an issue. But the fact that we haven't lost because of him, and he can have next kick amnesia, and we can have walk-off wins because of this guy, Kai Forbath was the same way. Earlier in games, he would goof up and miss these easy, these easy field goals or extra points, whatever, but then when it came time, when you really needed him the most, that Minneapolis miracle game, everyone thinks about the catch. Stephon Diggs and the Saints players, they just collided into each other, and oh my God, how could you not tackle Stephon Diggs in that situation? But, man, I'm telling you, the possession before that, Kai Forbath, a 53-yarder, that's the reason why the Vikings even had a chance to have that Minneapolis miracle play. Greg Joseph, I have a lot of respect for Kai Forbath, so I'm trying to help Joseph out here and show him some love. Maybe he's on that same projectile to where in key situations at the end, Dare I say, I actually trust Greg Joseph. It's just easy to make fun of, especially when you miss the extra. Yeah, that's true. It, it, trust me. I'm, uh, it's, a, it's a ticking time bomb, if you will. And hopefully the bomb does not go off at the worst possible time. Uh, Randy, last thing in this Vikings-Giants game, and you tell me if there's anything um, that, that you we potentially missed here. But I think it's also very important that guys like Daniil Hunter and Darius Smith have a huge day at getting after Daniel Jones, right? I mean, Daniil had actually one of his best games of the season against the Giants uh, just a few weeks ago. But that pass rush, it's imperative, man. I mean, it's, it's imperative that that pass rush gets after Daniel Jones, stuffs up, um, obviously, Saquon Barkley. They have to get after the quarterback. they got to figure out ways to make life hell on him. Zadari Smith, is he going to be able to play in that game? That's going to be a question mark for me. Also, even if he does play, is he 100%? Because I feel like this, the second half of the season, we haven't really seen yep. that Z that we know how dominant he can be. So, Daniil Hunter, boom, you're good for that. The cool thing is with the Vikings roster, whether it's, goodness, DJ Wanham or Patrick Jones the second, you've got guys that can come off the bench and be equally as effective, even if Zadari Smith is unable to play. Uh, yeah, but is, well, Andrew Thomas at left tackle. I think whoever's going up against him, that is going to be a wash. So, whoever the opposite edge rusher, whoever that's going to be, assuming that's Daniil Hunter, you do need a big game because – especially if you can minimize the run against Saquon Barkley, force Daniel Jones to beat you with his arm. You need that pass rush. The Giants, they're going to bring the pass rush. They're going to bring the blitz. You're going to need to do the same and match that same energy. So as long as you can do that, hey, you're golden. They don't have receivers that are going to knock your socks off. Bring the pressure, and man, you know what? The Vikings, they should win this game. It's probably going to be a close, a nail-biter saying, oh, God, how did you let it get this far? But bring the pass rush to Neil Hunter. Go ahead and get after it. Randy, how much better do you feel about the Vikings cornerbacks with the emergence of Duke Shelley here over the last like month and a half, just stepping in 
and being a shutdown corner. Like I, you, you want to talk about like the TJ Hawkinson trade was great. You had to make that trade. You gave up a good amount. Okay, that's a good trade. You you found Duke Shelley on a waiver wire because you were so thin at cornerback at one point this season, and now all of a sudden this dude hasn't just come from a Cinderella story. He's he's turned into a legitimate starting cornerback in the NFL. Shelley Island is here. He yeah. had an interception yesterday while guarding Chase Claypool, even against the Packers. 1741, the disaster of a game that that was. He was one of the lone bright spots for this team. This is how good I feel about Duke Shelley. Okay. Caleb Evans, Andrew Booth Jr., Cam Dantzler. Cool. The next opportunity that you get next season is only going to be if Patrick Peterson decides to retire. I'm good on Duke Shelley. This man is a bona fide starter. All the, and no disrespect to those previous three guys that I mentioned, but all the hype and all the the potential that we talk about with those corners, Dantzler, Evans, and Booth Jr., they've gotten all the hype while Duke Shelley has made all the plays. This dude is for real. And you know what I like? I love the contrast between Shelley and P2. They're both damn good at their jobs, right? But P2 kind of reminds me of Larry Fitzgerald. He's a veteran and he's, hey man, hey, I got you a good job. We'll get you next time. And hey, you'll you'll get after it, man. Good, good job. Duke Shelley is a dog. Mm-hmm. He will make plays and he will <laughs> let you know about it. Hey, bro, you think you're getting this catch on me? <laughs> Not happening all day long. And the one the one concern I had about him was that playing a full field, I don't know if he's disciplined enough, but the last couple of weeks, he's shown that he's ready for the big plays all field long from end to end. This dude is legit. I don't think this is a fluke. The energy that he plays with, you can't teach that. And when you look at other defenses in the league, there's always a couple of players that really stand out. They bring this energy and they're barking and whatever, but it feeds into their game. As much as I would love to see that with this whole Vikings defense, at least Duke Shelley, he brings that to the table. I feel like the plays that he makes, it feeds off to the other teammates. Now, as far as, well, goodness, going up against Isaiah Hodgins and the receivers that they have, I feel good about our two outside corners. If we're talking about, well, we need another corner in the offseason not to get ahead of ourselves, it's slot corner. But outside corners, we're good. Everybody else, you want a chance? Wait for P2 to decide that he retires. Duke Shelley is the man. Yeah, I love it. It's it's made life a hell of a lot easier, and it makes you feel a lot better about a position that they were really thin at and just not very experienced at. And now all of a sudden, you got two guys there who are going to make life a lot easier. Harrison Smith being 100% or closer to healthy um, after missing some time, too. It's going to it's gonna be a, a big advantage for the Vikings that Duke Shelley uh, has emerged. Randy, I do want to talk about the overall regular season as a whole, but a shout out to Park Tavern, which is the uh, sports bar of the sports dad located in St. Louis Park here in the Twin Cities off Louisiana Avenue. Great wings, great event space. If you want to plan a party, um, any type of stuff, bowling is there. Great bar menu, great food menu. Go check out Park Tavern. And also a shout out to the Kirk Cousins Crazy or the Crazy Kirk Cousins Crusaders uh, who help power Purple Daily and power uh, Realistic Randy as well. We appreciate them. Go donate to Kirk Cousins Charity, KirkCousins.org. Mention this on Purple Daily. We can all get down on donating to a good cause. Go check out Kirk Cousins uh, Charity. Go to KirkCousins.org. Uh, l- before we get to the regular season, Randy, is there anything else in this Vikings Giants preview uh, that you wanted to touch on? No. I, 
the pressure needs to be there. Minimize the run. Offensive line, that's going to be key throughout the entire playoffs. Garrett Bradbury, we need him back. If nothing else, I don't know how realistic it would be to expect him to be as good as he was pre-injury. But if nothing else, he understands the cadence and he knows when to get the snap off in time. We really need him. (sighs) Better run design plays. Whatever it takes, just get the win, man. That's all I care about. Yeah, I want a playoff run. I don't want just, uh, hey, it's cute we got here. I want a, I want a definite playoff run. So I'm, I'm for with sure. you here. Uh, but Randy, 13 wins this season for the Vikings. So 13 and four. Dude, I mean, we, I think we both had them, what, at 11 wins uh, when we did our preseason Initially. schedule picks. So so two wins better. I mean, hell, you wrapped the division a month ago. A um, lot of good positives for the Vikings this regular season. And if you would have told me 13 and four, uh, wrap up the division first week of December. Uh, you're in line to host one, if not multiple, playoff games. Would have taken it and ran with it. I mean, they've been cardiac kids to a degree. They they love these fourth quarter comebacks. They made you sweat. But at the end of the day, man, I mean, you couldn't ask for a better regular season in terms of results. And a first-year head coach, too. That's very impressive. But let me tell you this. Last year, Vikings, 8-9 and nine in 2021. 6-8 in one-score games. A year later, 13-4 and four overall record. 11-0 and in one-score games. I still question Kevin O'Connell's play calling, and I will continue to do that until he proves in that area, but he deserves credit in this. For these games, if there's an opportunity for the Vikings to crawl back and win, or at least make it interesting, more often than not, they do it, and that's on coaching. Whereas before, last year, we're like, I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop. <laughs> How are they going to screw this up? But besides that, this team has been fun, easy to root for. The touchdowns in U.S. Bank Stadium, Justin Jefferson breaking records every time he steps onto the field, the gritty. My good, it just, it's an easy team to root for. They're fun to watch. The only thing that I ask for, you mentioned this earlier, don't be one and done in the playoffs. 13 and four, I don't want to see you be one and then go home after that, and then the Giants move on. My God, man, win at least one playoff game, and I'm good. But the turnaround compared to last year has been fantastic. I think I think the Vikings are in good hands. I've got a take on the play calling later down the road. I'm going to save it. I know I shouldn't preview or sneak something out there and then not say it, but <laughs> I think the Vikings are in good hands at least. They, the Vikings, they have a lot of work to do this offseason, both with defensive coordinator and personnel. But as far as what you could ask for, I thought 11 wins, 13 and four. I know midseason, I said, well, hell, they can go 14 and three. They should have if you showed up for that Packers game, damn it. But that's okay, man. This, the Vikings team, they're heading in the right direction. Yeah. And I think sometimes, you know, you see 13 and four. So, you know, next year, you know, it could be 11 and six. And, you know, that's regression, I guess, from, from a record standpoint. But it just feels like the Vikings are finally heading in the right direction for the, for the first time in a long time. And when you look at the offense, at what Kevin O'Connell's been able to do, it's top 10 in yards and in points. Um, you have kind of molded Kirk Cousins into this fourth quarter architect and you're able to convince him to take more shots. Uh, Justin Jefferson has one of the best seasons of all time from a wide receiver. There's still certain areas that they have to get better in. They obviously have to still build up in the draft. They got to hit some players in, on the defensive side of the ball. JJ needs a complimentary piece. There's some big question marks that are going to happen in this offseason. And to your point, uh, we'll have plenty of offseason discussion to talk about when we get there. We're just hoping it's not this time next Monday. Uh, right. But I, I really do think when you look at it, 
I mean, the Vikings going 13 and four with a rookie year head coach and basically running it back. I mean, pretty impressive, man. I mean, it's been a, it's been a fun year to be a Vikings fan. Absolutely. How could you not be excited going into this game? It's, as stressed out as I have been, and I'm sure all of Vikings fans have been watching this season, the team has still been fun. These wins that they've gotten have been wild. The Giants game, the fact that you won that after Saquon Barkley tied the game up. The Buffalo Bills game, are you kidding me? The catch coming back from down 33 nothing at halftime. It's been incredible. This has been one of the better seasons that I've witnessed being a Vikings fan since 2000, so 22 years. So go into the playoffs, get at least one playoff win. You can't go one and done. That's the only thing that I'm asking for. Everything else is house money. Just get a playoff win, and I'm good. And, you know, I know our mission statement at Purple Daily is win a Super Bowl before we die. And, you know, some people might say, oh, you're hedging, you know, your bet there is saying, like, just get a playoff win, and then everything else is house money. Uh, but, I mean, it's, it's tough to win in the NFL. Uh, the Vikings have been in the playoffs in three years. Yes, uh, they'd like to get back to the NFC title game, which they haven't been to since 2017. They've been to multiple NFC title games in the millennium, uh, but it would be great to see the Vikings go on a run here. And it's not just a, hey, a cute little 13-4 and four season. Um, go out and beat a team that you're favored to beat in the Giants. Reassess at the divisional round and see if you're at, whether you have to go to Santa Clara, which will be a dogfight, or maybe there's a crazy upset and all of a sudden you're hosting another playoff game at U.S. Bank Stadium in the divisional round, or even potentially, obviously, in the NFC title game. So these, the, the path here is good. The path here is good, and I think without um, you know hedging, again, our future and stuff, it's hard to have these opportunities present themselves to you when you're 13-4, and four, a guaranteed home playoff game. Like next year, yes, I do, ascent, I do believe the Vikings will win the North again and will likely be a competitive team moving forward under Kevin O'Connell. But right now... The future, everything is in your hands here. You're 13-4, and four, home playoff games. Your offense is clicking. There's things that are going that you didn't have go your way beforehand last year. These are all good things if you're a Vikings fan. Well, let's not even hedge here because I, I, I'm looking at this as one game at a time. But if we want to be super optimistic and say that the Vikings, man, they can go on a playoff run, if any team we've seen this season, if any team, regardless of the odds against them, or expectations. If any team can pull off a miracle run, it is this Minnesota Vikings team. But I don't want to get ahead of myself. I'm I'm looking at it one play at a time, one game at a time. If you can pull that off and execute correctly, both with the players and in coaching, then we can talk about the next round, whether that's going to be traveling to Santa Clara or, as you mentioned, possible second home game in the playoffs we would need Seattle to pull off that upset against the Niners and the one thing I will give you ultimate optimism Declan Goff if Seattle is going to pull off the upset here it is it's basically a third divisional game divisional games they're always tough the opponents they know each other like the back of their hand Seattle they can possibly do it Geno Smith he's having a great year Kenneth Walker at running back he can be pretty good Tyler Lockett, he's back and healthy. Maybe there's a chance they can pull off that upset. I don't think they give a damn about playing at Levi Stadium. They play there once a year. That is your supreme optimism right there. But I'm focused on one play at a time and one game at a time for the Vikings. But they can do it. Absolutely, man. Uh, Randy, looking at the NFL playoff picture here. So uh, obviously, yes, we have the Eagles as the one seed. They kind of stumbled their way to getting there. But regardless, they got the one uh, Jalen Hurts probably now looking like he's more healthy and should be dialed in for the playoffs. 
the Niners get that two seed with Brock Purdy uh, playing out of his mind, uh, essentially, since taking over for Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, looking at the playoff field here, uh, it looks like still to me, and I've kind of been echoing the statement to you over the last few weeks, I just look at that AFC and I look at all of the insane teams that's so deep in the AFC conference, and I'm just thankful the Vikings are in the NFC because the path just seems so much more easier and a lot less daunting uh, to get to the Super Bowl. It's tough to do, but regardless, I like the path that the Vikings have uh, more in the NFC than they do in the AFC. Well, the AFC is definitely more difficult. Let me ask you this. Let's say the Vikings, they do make the Super Bowl game. Okay. Mm-hmm. Who in the AFC, besides the Jaguars, that's way too easy. <laughs> Who in the AFC do you feel good about the Vikings facing in the Super Bowl? So I don't feel good about the Chiefs. I think that could okay. just be disastrous. Um, okay. You know, the Bills, you've beaten them before. They would still be favored to beat the Vikings. Um, they would have a lot of revenge on their mind because you basically kind of won in this fluky nature. But I'll I'll say the Bills, you could probably beat, but it would still be, it would take a, you know, a, a daunting task. The Bengals are good, man. I love Joe Burrow. Um, mm-hmm. I love what he brings. I love his swagger. I love his I don't give a bleep uh, mantra. Uh, they've obviously were there just last year, so they know what it takes to get there. But outside of that, I mean, like the Chargers, if they played the Chargers, I mean, that would be an ideal situation. Uh, the, the the poor Dolphins. I mean, my God, you know, six, seven weeks ago, they look like they're going to have a one seed wrapped up, and now all of a sudden they're going to be 10-point underdogs uh, this weekend. But outside of the Chiefs, I mean, I kind of say bring it on to most other teams. Um, I love Joe Burrow. I know Justin Herbert's coming up. And Josh Allen is up there as well. But I think outside the Chiefs, that's the only one I really don't want to face if I were the Vikings in a Super Bowl. How about you? I think the Bills. Okay. I think the Vikings would end up facing the Bills if they were to make the Super Bowl. And the Bills, they've been knocking on the door. AFC Championship games, they've been so close to getting to the ultimate title game. I think this year they're going to finally break through. And you're right, they did beat them earlier in the regular season. I like our chances, and again, the Vikings at their best. When things are clicking on all cylinders, they can legit beat anybody in the league. The Chiefs, the Travis Kelsey factor really scares me as far as guarding a tight end. I don't know if we really have the personnel to do it because then you leave other receivers open. And then they've got a running back by committee. They've got Pacheco. They've got Jerick McKinnon, who, man, my goodness, I am so happy for this man because in Minnesota, I was hoping we could find a way to keep this guy. This man can ball out. And in San Francisco, he couldn't stay healthy. He's finally healthy now in Kansas City. But Patrick Mahomes probably going to win MVP. I think the Buffalo Bills are not only do I feel good about the Vikings against them, I feel like the Bills, if the Vikings are to make the Super Bowl game, the Bills will come out of the AFC. Okay. Interesting, man. Yeah, it's going to be really intriguing, too, with the whole, you know, the Bills and, and Bengals uh, game being canceled and potentially on a neutral site even. It's it's going to be an interesting path there. On a neutral site, you're right. I mean, do the Bills beat the Chiefs? I mean, I, I on a neutral site, then that, that, that almost turns into a pick I think it's at home. I think the Chiefs have the advantage, obviously, because it's, it's a zero head. But, man, if it's on a neutral site, that could be... That could be an absolute blast. I think it's time for them. I really do. Goodness, they played. Was that last year where it came down to overtime? Oh, yeah. It was like one Bills of the greatest. didn't get a chance to get un- the possession again. Yeah. The Chiefs, they walked off. The Bills, I mean, my goodness, they've been knocking at the door for so long. I think this is the year. And I think because of the motivation, the inspiration from DeMar Hamlin and the situation that he went through, I think this is 
the Cinderella team of the NFL right now. I think this is their time to make it to the Super Bowl game. If the Vikings were to go there, I'm going to obviously pick the Vikings, but I think it's their time, man. They got it. They've been there enough times, so close, that they're going to reflect on that and say, listen, the players, Josh Allen, will probably have a players-only meeting, say, listen, guys, we have to focus. We've been here before. AFC Championship game, assuming they even get that far. Let's bring it home. Let's do it. I love it, man. Uh, Realistic Randy Rants every Monday on this Purple Daily YouTube channel where we want to see the Vikings win a Super Bowl before we die. Vikings versus Giants this weekend at U.S. Bank Stadium on Wild Card Weekend. Go subscribe to Realistic Randy's YouTube channel, too, for some great Minnesota Vikings content as well. Of course, we'll be back here next Monday, hopefully talking about a Vikings win over the Giants. But regardless, hit that subscribe button, hit the like button for daily Minnesota Vikings entertainment. We'll be talking to you. See ya.